Okay. All right. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to episode three. Three. Episode three of so Talk th Wordy to Me. Yes. Um, Talk Wordy to Me, the podcast where Mara talks about her favorite books. Uh, to me, someone who doesn't read ever. Um, this is the the first part of first, a first part of a um, three parter. Three part Jim Butcher mini series within our four part. Uh, intro to fantasy miniseries within our regular within our regular uh, regularly list. scheduled programming. Um, okay, so today I thought we were going to be talking about uh, Dresden Files. Today I was wrong. We're talking about the Furies of Calderon. Pretty sure that's what we decided. I don't um, know. Whatever. Last episode. Um, if not, surprise! We're talking about the Furies of Calderon. Um, so this is uh, a book, obviously by Jim Butcher. Um, this episode is largely going to be about the series as a whole, not necessarily this specific book, but this is an excellent series to get started with fantasy in. Um, I don't want to say it is my all-time favorite book series, because that's really that's a really tough statement for me to make in general, um, but it's up there. Um, I love this series. I first read it right after my mom died. It really helped me through that. Um, so yeah, uh, this series was, um, originally written by Jim Butcher because of a bet, which is one of my favorite stories ever. Um, he had a friend that said, you can't make a good book out of a bad trope. And Jim Butcher said, I can make a good book series out of two. So I, he let his friend choose his two bad tropes, and those were uh, the Lost Legion and Pokemon. And that is how the Codex Alera series, um, of which the Furies of Calderon is the first, uh, came to be. So this book series follows Tavi, who in this first book is a 15-year-old kid as he um, saves the world. Um, book one is not necessarily about him saving the world at all. It's kind of just him about, about him saving his little Steadholt, his little town kind of thing and trying to get back to his family and stuff. But, uh, eventually he saves the, the world. world, kind of. You, you save the town, then you save the, the state or the country, and then you save the world, whatever. He goes through all of those stages. Um, so... Where do I want to start with this? Um, I guess a, a broad overview of the world. Um, the um, society that Tavi lives in is based off of a... Um... <laughs> Sorry, our dog's licking the couch cushion right now, and it's really distracting. Bert. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> He's been removed from the couch cushion. Um... The, the society that Tavi lives in is a uh, Romanic society um, where uh, it's kind of very military-ish um, and everybody has uh, what's called Furies, which is where the Pokemon bit comes in. <laughs> Dog's an idiot. Um, which is where the Pokemon bit comes in. Everybody kind of connects to different elements of the world. Um, everything sort of got furies in it, lamps and lights and rivers, and obviously some are bigger and more powerful than others. Um, but the thing about Tavi is that he has none. 
Um, so everyone else has one except for this dude. In his society, yes. There's okay. other societies where they don't necessarily connect to furies okay. like that. But in his society, everyone has not necessarily one. Everybody can connect to smaller ones. So like everybody can connect to like the furies that are in the lights. And that's how they kind of control whether lamps are on or off. Um, but usually people have one or a couple of bigger furies that are kind of, uh, that they're not in contract with. It's not quite that formal, but are kind of their buddies that they control. And Our dog is just having a heyday over here. Um, but Tavi has none. Um, there's a reason for that that you learn later on in the series. Um, no fat spoilers here today? We can do fat spoilers, but I was going to avoid, like, the bigger... Okay, that's fair. Like, ones that are several books down kind of thing. That's fair. Um, so you learn why... Um, this book, like all Jim Butcher books, um, is pretty action-packed. It's, it's kind of got stuff happening from cover to cover, which is very... Um, very common in Jim Butcher books. It's it's one of the reasons why I think he's so easy to read, um, especially if you're kind of just getting into fantasy of some kind, um, because there's there's no exposition dumping. There's no like this is the way the world works, blah 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 blah. Here's the history of everything. Like he he is very natural with his exposition, and mostly it comes out through action and some dialogue. So instead of sitting in a classroom and having someone lecture at you, they just say, go outside and see what's out there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Jim Butcher is fantastic for that. Um, this series is, um, uh, I would say, a little closer to a, not quite a standard fantasy, not quite so much as, as the Mercedes Lackey series we talked about last time. Um, in the later books, about book three... How many books are there? Six. Oh. There's six books in this series. Um, about book three or four on, it gets to be military. Mm. Uh, quite a bit of it, at least military, for two to three of the books, at least. Um, but coming from somebody who doesn't like military fantasy, I like this. Um, in fact, my favorite book is probably The Heaviest Military, which is book four. What's that one called? That one is called, um, The Captain's Fury. Oh. Yes, so it goes Furies of Calderon, Academ's Fury, Cursor's Fury, Captain's Fury, Princeps Fury, and First Lord's Fury. Mm. Um, book four is my favorite. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the consensus among my dad and my sibling as well. Um... But also, kind of uh, along the, the military lines, I like it and I'm not into military at all. Right. Uh, my dad is into military and he also really loves this series. So in that aspect, if you are big into military, I don't think you'd have any major complaints with it. And if you're not into military, I don't think you'd have many major complaints with it. It's good to have your middle ground. It is, it is. Um, this is probably one of the more dramatic book series I've ever read. Dramatic in which way? Uh, there's a lot of really dramatic moments. Okay. Um, 
I remember it's, I was... It's not like, oh, I should probably go help these guys. I was like, I must help these people with every last breath I have until the last day <laughs> I live on this planet. Like, a little bit. And okay. then there's, like, these big moments that, like, I remember I was rereading this series recently, and I walked past you sitting on the couch, and I was like, this book, this book right here, I was holding Captain's Fury at the time, like, this book right here has the most dramatic scene I've ever read in any book, and that's true. Um... Mm. If you've read the series, you probably know which scene I'm talking about, and if you end up reading the series, you'll get to it, and you'll be like, there it is, that's the one. Um, it's super dramatic, and I gotta say, um, I fall for it every time. <laughs> so this is a book series, um, much like the Mercedes Lackey series that I've read through maybe six times, and... I'm very much a reader. When I reread a book, I skip to my favorite parts 100% every time. Like, I, I remember mentioning that in the Way of Kings episode where I was like, I skip half this book. Um, these books, I pretty much read the entirety of every single time, where I read them basically cover to cover. Um, there might be a scene or here or there I might skip, or if I'm like, ah, I'm not in the mood for this character, then I might skip it. But for the most part, Unless I'm just like, I need to reread this one scene. I reread it cover to cover, book one to six, every single time. Um, now, one of the great things about this series um, is that in the, the Way of Kings episode, we talked about how he's only got like maybe three women characters One's a main, one's a secondary, one's a tertiary at best. Mm -hmm. And how that's really a bad sample size. Um, this is the book I would plop onto the table and say, here's a counterexample of what you should do. There are many, many, many women in this series um, that come from all sorts of different backgrounds, both nobility and uh, kind of common backgrounds to kind of in between. And they're so many and they're so diverse and they're so powerful and interesting all in their own that it's a very, very good representation. Even when there's a woman that is shitty in it, it doesn't feel like he's saying women are shitty. Um, so he's got a really good level of representation on that front, um, which is absolutely excellent, obviously. Um, one of the things I love about this book series that I have, I've talked about this book series probably the most out of any book series with my dad and my sibling, but one of the best things about it is the main character. His name is Tavi. I love him. Precious Bab that he is. Um, he is uh, good. If I had to pick, like, one descriptor of this character, he would be a good guy. Um, and he always makes the morally correct decision, and sometimes it lands him in hot water, hmm. and that's okay. He's still gonna, he's gonna be like, well, the repercussions from this are gonna suck. Let's do it. Like, he's never... Questioning whether or not... He's making the right decision, he just always makes the right decision? Yeah, he always he always makes the decision that should be made. Um, even when it leads to bad things, even when he knows it's going to lead to bad things, 
he makes those decisions anyways because that's who he is and that's what he's going to do. Um, which is really excellent. There's actually, um, there is some, some slavery issues that come up in this series, kind of like in The Way of Kings, like I mentioned, but as opposed to, to Branderson, Butcher um, has the main character just be like, nope, this is wrong. I'm not going to have any part of it, even if it makes my life more difficult, if it puts me in danger. I don't care. I will not be a part of this and I will actively go against this. Even though that's not the norm in my society, even though blah, 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 blah is going to happen, I'm not going to stand up for it. Um, so I really do appreciate that, having that, like, he's, he's like, look, this is awful things that are happening in this world because people do awful things sometimes. But he's also showing very clearly as an author, this isn't okay. Um, so he's not kind of accepting it as, well, it is what it is. He's saying, like, no, this is wrong. But it does happen. Is he kind of... Is, is the... Re like, the place he comes from, is it very much kind of like... I don't know the, the word I'm trying to look for. Like, they're, they're not the generally nicest people. And because he is so inherently good, he's so very different from everyone else? Or is this kind of like a, a somewhat normal-ish society where there's good people, there's bad people? Or are they like... I mean, I, I think it's... Uh, uh... There's, it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, there's a little bit of like, yes, there's good people and there's bad people in the society. Everybody across the board, every character in this book makes mistakes. Okay. Um, including the main character. The main character um, makes quite a lot of mistakes and we'll get back to that a little bit in a minute. But um, so, so everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Um... But the main character, Tavi, um, because he's grown up with this handicap of sorts, mm -hmm. he's, um, he's very clever. He's, we, we always joke that he's, uh, like, he's small for his age. He can't do anything. Um, but he does these grand things. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, one of our favorite running jokes whenever one of us rereads the series is that, um, in one of the books he gets, he gets seasick. And uh, the joke is that, you know, he had to, he's, he's only human. He has to, <laughs> he can't be perfect. He's oh, got to get yeah. seasick. Um, I have a theory that they didn't get into any battles on sea because then he would have had to overcome his seasickness and then he would have been too powerful. <laughs> um, but he, he is kind of extraordinarily good. Um, Unrealistically so? I wouldn't say so. I know people that okay. are like that. You know, it's not, not commonly so though. Yeah, he's okay. not. He's 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 a hero. He definitely is a hero, and he's a fantasy hero. So mm -hmm. there's there's some of that. Right. I, I mean, you're just gonna get that. There, you're you're not gonna get somebody that is exactly exactly human. That's not what this genre is about. That's true. Um. Something actually Jim Butcher said in an interview that really stuck with me is um, an important kind of facet of writing, particularly of writing characters, is that you have to exaggerate a little bit, at least. You have to go a little far. Right. Um, and that's because your characters are always going to be interpreted differently by your reader 
than how they are in your head. And that's part of the beauty of writing, in my opinion, um, is that I can read this book and I can get one thing from it. And if you read this book, you would get something maybe not completely different, but you would get something different. Hmm. Um, so the characters are exaggerated somewhat. Um, okay. but I, I do agree that I think, especially in something like fantasy, there needs to be a little bit of exaggeration just to have the characters come across that way because they're never going to be as nuanced as in like literature, which is about kind of the human condition. Fantasy isn't. Okay. Um, I mean, you can definitely make an argument for fantasy is kind of the modern day mythos of, of teaching us what we should and shouldn't do in society and how we should and shouldn't act and how we should and shouldn't respond to things. Um, but in, in doing that, you're not ever going to quite hit the nail exactly on the head. And having a little bit of exaggeration is actually going to add a little bit more depth to your characters than having something a little bit more shallow and nuanced that just isn't going to come across or isn't going to be um, a part of the book. Um, now, as I was saying, Tavi's mistakes. Um... Tavi makes plenty of mistakes. Um, sometimes his mistakes aren't even actual mistakes. They're purposeful choices he makes that land him in bad situations. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've been sitting here talking about how much I love Tavi and how good Tavi is as a person. And it's all true. But one of the best things about this book series, in my opinion, is he earns everything. Every dramatic moment, every time he he befriends somebody, every time he wins a battle, he's earned it. And it hasn't necessarily been easy. They don't have that BS someone just randomly swoops in at the very end and... That's called the deus ex machina. Yeah. He does not have that. That's um, good. Jim Butcher, I would say, is um, really good about avoiding those. Um, the fantasy genre is kind of... is is filled with those moments of right. like it's this hopeless situation and all of a sudden somebody comes in and then and the, the, the army of the veil comes in to save uh, <laughs> uh john snow and his army from getting completely wrecked by the bolton's army and it's just like cool now everything's saved even though they were pretty much gonna lose now they're not losing anymore in you this know, in this book john snow actually can fight his own damn battle um yeah, or at least he can set something, he's set something up ahead of time and it's shown that something has been set up ahead of time so it's not like a, out of nowhere, this thing comes to save them. Like, no, he he fights for and he earns every victory he's given. So you never at any point feel like, he just, like, you know, gets handed everything. Like, right. I don't you feel... You don't feel like does. you've been slapped in the face as a reader. Yeah, I, I feel like Tavi earns my respect as a hero. I feel like he deserves what he's gotten. Not like Harry um, Potter getting saved by Hermione all the goddamn time. Not, okay, not necessarily, but like, in a way, kind of, right? Or no? No. Okay. Um... Just because, in a way, then, like, Hermione's earned that if Harry hasn't. Like, it's it's more okay. like... Uh, I can't even think of a good example right now. Um, 
Yeah, but but nothing necessarily comes out of the blue to save him. Okay. There's there's nothing that it's just kind of like you don't read how he's just gotten a victory and you're like, oh, that's bullshit. Like mm-hmm. at no point have I have I like been reading one of these books ever and thought, ah, oh, well, he kind of had that handed to him. Like in some way or another, he earns every victory and it is hard won sometimes. Um, and I think that's that's one of the major downfalls of, of quite a lot of authors is they kind of want to uh, give their characters everything. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, you as an author, you, you love these characters. You are these characters. Um, these are people you've created. <laughs> They're kind of like, you know... Your children. Yeah, a little bit. And you don't want them to go through anything bad, but they have to for right. a good story. Like... You know, that's that's what this is about. Your characters, I saw somewhere, I think on Tumblr probably, your characters are geodes, and if you want to see their beauty, you have to break them. Mm. Um, and it sounds harsh, but also, that's kind of the thing that really makes these books beautiful. Um, like I said, I read this series right after my mom died, and so in a way, as silly as it was, it kind of... I was reading it and I was saying, you know, like, look at all these things this poor kid is going through. And if he can get through those, I can get through today. Okay. Um, so in a way, that's kind of what makes us connect. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, everybody feels like shit sometimes. Everybody is looking at things sometimes and saying, I can't beat that. I can't get through that. And so having your characters go through these tough times and earn their victory is kind of a way for... For me to feel like I can earn mine. And for readers to feel like they can earn theirs. And as you mentioned before, the benefit of having this character be somewhat accessible because they're slightly exaggerated. Now lots and lots of people who read this book can also feel like maybe it's not their mom dying, maybe it's something entirely different. It's like some bad breakup or getting fired from a job or, you know, something along those lines. They can still draw that connection. It doesn't necessarily have to be a only if you've gone through this exact thing can you feel a certain way because people can kind of draw their own similarities between exactly. the character and themselves. Readers always want to be the hero. Mm-hmm. They always want to be the protagonist. They always want to be the one saving the world. Um, they, they always want to put themselves in the shoes of the good guy. Um... I'm sure that there's some people out there that are like, no, I'd rather be the bad guy. Like, okay, sure. But you want to be... I'm sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you want to be the cool guy. Yeah. (laughs) You want to be the person who triumphs overall despite all the the setbacks. And, you know, you want to be the person who made it happen. And so having characters that you can connect to, which I feel the characters in this series are very connectable, connect-toable. Um, having those characters you can connect to and having them go through these tough times and still finding a way to overcome in a way that's not just luck, that can mean a lot to readers. That can make a big difference. Um, because it's kind of like... You know, if if I was, when I was reading this, Tavi won something, but it's only because he got lucky. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to sit there and feel like I can get through that day because he only won it because he got lucky. He didn't earn it. He didn't work for it. He didn't, 
deserve it in a way. So it's kind of like it's it's less easy to be inspired by books like this if everything is handed to the main character. You're like, here's here's the the character that I connect to, and he won wins everything because of sheer dumb luck. And it's like that's not something that I want. And this and and in terms of like building good people, it also doesn't do that either because what that does is instead of making people want to like try really hard and like, you know, make your own business or do your own thing or whatever, it makes you want to just win the lottery in essence because yeah. you're not building those skills of like, I want to work hard and be the one that does this. I just want to wait for someone to save me. And if you're writing about that and, and taking that in, especially at like, at, you know, 10, 11, 12 or whatever, you start taking that in and believing that that's the way the world works or that's what you want in life. Whereas this does not do that, which is interesting and cool. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And I don't know, I just really appreciate the way that I, I can't think of a single time that Tavi doesn't earn it. You know, there might be a couple of times where it's just like, oh, this person came by and saved him. It's not like he's the ultimate dude that can just win everything he's up against. But if somebody comes to save him, it's because he had befriended them he had worked with them or you know it's not just mm -hmm. a if somebody helps him it's because they love and respect him right um so this is it's just an excellent excellent series and i think it it, it may be a little bit daunting with a six book series and some of those later books do get pretty thick um but at the same time, it is very accessible. It's it's very easy to read. It's very easy to get through. Um, yeah, it's it's a really good one to open with, um, and it's a really interesting concept. Very interesting world. I love love the characters in it, and. I don't know how many times we've sat down and had conversations about like, okay, favorite book moments go. So many of our favorite book moments are all Jim Butcher. And even so many of them are from this series. It's just, they, he, he's got great, 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 great moments in this series, but the bits between don't feel like they're just bridges. Okay. They don't feel like it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting through this so we can get to the next cool moment. It's all worth it's it. It's still worth Okay. Yeah, it's all worth it to read, um, even when it's not an amazing, incredible moment, because the bits between, it's kind of like when they're, they're going through the hardships and they're kind of slugging through the mud, and then they get to that moment and they've earned it. They've got it. And it's all... It's, it's just excellent. I love this book series. I'm sitting here holding my copy of Furies of Calderon, and it's pretty beat up for one of my books. Straight toe up. It's, I mean, the covers are still attached it's, and it, stuff. But it, it, it's not like wear from mistreatment, it's wear from just a lot of use. Yeah, it's got all the lines on the spine from being read so many times. It's a well-loved series in my entire family. What do you not like about it, though? Oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> I um, challenge you here. I'm biased as hell. I'm, I'm, I genuinely don't know if I can come up with a reason that I don't like it. Okay. Um, 
maybe not like a reason that you don't like it, but like something that you thought maybe could have been done differently or something that you're like, I'm not a huge fan of that. Like it doesn't necessarily mean you did dislike the book, but something that would maybe like I, I genuinely don't I, I don't think I have anything from here. I I think it's got good flow. I think it's got a good voice. I think the perspective characters are good choices. Um one of the perspective characters' name is Amara, and so we basically have the same name. She just has one of her A's in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that joke uh, really, really irks my father. Um, yeah, the characters are fantastic, and they're all great people. Um, not necessarily all in the way that Tavi's a great person, but they're all people. Mm-hmm. Um nobody's too good um i can think of one character that is just kind of um he's like oh he's all bad okay and that's in this first book but also in a way uh, he is kind of all bad um and some people are kind of like that um it's just kind of like there's that one character that I can think of that is just like, nah, he's just a straight up evil dude. Um, but also that, that gets addressed and he is dead by the end of this book. Hmm. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. Not that I said who it was, but right. I mean, like as soon as you read it, you're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> um, and so in a way it's kind of like, look, this man is super duper evil and he gets what he deserves. Okay. Like, so it it almost kind of feels like a, not quite a lesson. Is this guy like the primary antagonist? No. No? Uh, just some dick? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Is there like a clear-cut antagonist in this, or is in it kind of more about the journey necessarily? In the later books. Okay. So kind of in this book, initially, um, there had been a war between uh, Tavi's country and a neighboring country, um, the, the lands of the Marat, which are a big part. I love the Marat. Oh, they're the baddies? No, no. Um, but but there had been a war between these two countries, but that doesn't automatically, just because it's mostly Tavi's perspective. That's another thing I appreciate. Just because it's mostly Tavi's perspective, he doesn't look at the Marat and be like, well, we've had a war with them, so they're the baddies. Like, so it's not automatically, well, we fought with them, so they're evil. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, so there had been a war... Uh, and it was there. One of the major battles of the war was in Calderon, which is where he lives. Um, the princeps died there. The the king's son died there. Um, and so basically, some people that are opposing the king are trying to restart a war with the Marat. Okay. Um, and Tavi genuinely just gets caught up in the middle of it. Hmm. Okay. Pretty much entirely accidentally. Um, and that's kind of what sets things off is because he, uh, he done, done fucked up in the beginning of the book. Not even a major fuck up, but he, he made a mistake and a whole bunch of shit goes down because of it. Um, so there's not exactly a clear-cut antagonist. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more like these are the people that 
they're kind of trying to foil the plans of. Okay. But even those people, and you know who those people are, they're not clear-cut evil. They're kind of like, they have their own reasons for it, and it kind of makes sense. Sure, you don't agree with it, but it kind of like... Well, I mean, every villain is a hero from his own perspective. Right. Um, okay. And that's that's very much true here. Um, but yeah, you're kind of like, uh, yeah, I think you're going about it the wrong way, but like, okay. Yeah. Like, um, in the last book or two, there is a very clear cut protagonist or, uh, antagonist. Um, and, and there, yeah, so there gets to be more, but in this one, there's not necessarily like one evil guy. Right. Um, gotta let the dogs out but yeah later books there are kind of some more clearly <laughs> defined evil guys but not not so much in this one um yeah any other questions uh scale of uh, Way of Kings to Aeronauts Windless. Where do you rate it on the scale of whether or not I should read it? Um, I don't know how much that I would necessarily recommend this book to you personally. Okay. I would call it like a straight up like 9.8 to 10 out of 10. For I anyone fucking, else? For fucking love this book series, okay? Okay. But um, you also have very particular tastes. I very much do. And I feel like you'd read it and you'd be like, oh, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't love it as much as I do. Um, I don't know if anybody could. <laughs> um, Someone probably does somewhere. Oh, I'm sure somewhere. You get a call from someone in Minnesota, you, like, okay, you're trying to act like this is your favorite. It's my favorite. If you do, please, I will talk for hours about this book. <laughs> please be my friend. Um, but you have a very particular kind of uh, thing that I think you look for in books. It's very, very specific. And so while I short, love, they have pictures. <laughs> Uh, exclusively pictures <laughs> well I love 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 this book and I would like die to have you read it I also don't think you would love it nearly as much as I That's would want fair. you to so um I would recommend it to you so is the is the scale uh are there numbers that I can yeah uh, zero being way of, uh, way of kings 10, ten being aeronauts windless I would probably give this a six or a seven if i'm trying to be realistic okay for um, me yeah for, for everyone you personally, else it's for everybody like nine, else seven 10. through ten okay <laughs> for everybody else it's a 10 read this book series i fucking love it jim butcher give us money we're sponsoring it <laughs> no shut up <laughs> although jim butcher if you ever want to play a D, &D game hit me up um <laughs> but yeah for you personally uh probably a six or a seven okay um, just because you'd read it and you'd be like oh yeah it's a fantasy uh-huh and I would get mad and divorce you. Okay. <laughs> so fair. don't read this book. That's fair. <laughs> All right. All well, right. Next time, uh, we really will be talking about the Dresden Files. Um, a book I have read. Some of. At least 30 pages. 20, 30 pages. Something like that. I'm so proud. It's, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs>
I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll see when we get into it. <laughs> All right. We will see you next time. So bye. Bye. Bye.